Weir's World, the All Ears podcast, in association with Hoppy's Dry Suit Services, keeping you dry in the wet stuff. For more information, search Hoppy's Dry Suit Services on Facebook. Welcome to Weir's World, the All Ears podcast, which will take you on a roller coaster journey around the world. Follow me from Beijing to New York City and back as I share my tales to tell, encompassing the 10 years of Gliadric and the Kabbalistic Cavalry, as well as touring with some well known faces. From celebrity stories to travel nightmares, We'll be reminiscing on the ridiculousness of it all, with special guests jumping in along the way. All Ears is your new favourite weekly podcast. Hey then. Hello. Half century not out. Half century not out. I mean, I take it you don't get the cricket or or baseball references in it. I mean, I've not looked at the BBC Sport app on my phone today. It wasn't even a reference to that. It's a reference to the fact that this is episode number 50. Half I mean, a century. No, I, mean, I mean, we could have just said this is episode 50. Could what, have done what that. Kind as well. of, what kind of creativity would that invoke, sir? It, it would help those likes of myself that don't follow cricket, I suppose. I thought there was some big cricket match happened today and you were telling me about it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> we had a nice little weekend again, eh? We did. We're getting good at these weekends away together. Oh, we are indeed. <laughs> Another little video for the BBC in the offing. Yeah. Be good. Um, Always remember the full costume. The full costume is very important, especially yeah. when you're missing one sock. Yeah. Always go with two socks. Always look out. Um, always ensure that you've also got a, um, a toilet stop planned. Yeah. Rather than going to pee against the wall and realising you're looking right into someone's living room. Yeah, that's a bit awkward. Not advisable. No, definitely not. Might have done that yesterday. Yeah, that's more people got to apologise to. Sorry to the person sitting in their front living room who saw you dressed in full regalia. <laughs> yeah, it happens when, when nature calls, when nature calls. Yeah. Speaking of exotic places to be, uh, look at that little, look at that pile behind me right there. That is a big, that is a, that is a big pile. Look at your piles. What, what does that pile look like to you? That looks like some form of camping equipment on the right-hand side to me. That looks like it might be some festival get-up. It could well be. Some festival (laughs) get-up. Might be a little bit excited for Linda's Farm Festival this weekend. I mean, this is Monday and it's not till Friday, so you're eager. I'll give you that. You're definitely eager. Yeah. Did you watch any of the footage from Ren and Leeds at the weekend? I've recorded it. I've not watched any of it yet. But it's on the on the skybox, ready to watch. Yeah, I have to say, I, wa- I watched I, actually Friday night. I watched Catfish's set. Mm-hmm. Actually, I love Catfish, but I thought they were quite boring. Actually, uh-huh. um, I'm not a big fan of Post Malone, but I watched him on Saturday, and he uh, he impressed me. He mm-hmm. impressed me actually. And then last night, Biffy Clyro. Oh my god, they were phenomenal, especially considering they were standing in for. Queens of the Stone Age, who couldn't get over because of COVID travel. Mm-hmm. And obviously Liam Gallagher was on at the same time, so going to catch up with that. Um, yep. Yeah. It's a mad week, actually. We've got... Um, two, uh, we're looking forward to Linda's farm, but we're also um, trekking up to Aberdeen on Wednesday. Um, sure, yeah. We're going to see Robert Robertson and, and, and his... The Tidelines boys up at the Beach Ballroom. How exciting is it that the world... We've spoken about this for the last year... The world is well and truly back. Mm-hmm. It um, is back, yeah. Spoke about this at the weekend there. 
when you look at our calendars for the next few months, it is all forms of carnage. And it has not been that way, I don't think, for me, certainly, since March last year, when everything was pulled, the plug was pulled on everything. Yeah, it's looking good now. It does look good when you look at your phone calendar and you go, oh yeah, I'm not free anytime soon. Yeah. Um, also, big shout to the people who have been buying tickets for our Whitehall Theatre show in Dundee for the 10th anniversary. I had a gander at the tickets yesterday and they have moved significantly since I last looked at them about two weeks ago. So thank you to the people who are um, purchasing those tickets. That is still going to be one hell of a show, March 2022. Buy your tickets. And that's um, coming around quick as well. It sure it's not, is. It's not far away. It sure is. Um, and you know, what's, you know what's after that? I know what's after that. You know what's after that. You know what's after that. I do know what's coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're hitting the US. Uh, more information on that to come. Oh, might have just given the ghost to me. Oh, oh, oh. Um, we have. Um, do you know what's unfortunate, actually? Um, although Linda's fan is this weekend, next weekend we should have been um, sharing the bill with um, this this evening's guests, um, who are actually joining us um, from a family holiday. Uh, so we we are very very grateful for them um, taking some time out of the family. Um, to talk with us, um, it seems that we have a habit at the minute of getting on the bands with all the best names. So last, uh, just two weeks ago, we had Colonel Mustard and the Dijon Five and all, this, all the stories about the yellow, the ping pong, banana, yellow show, whatever it was. This week, we are joined by Tom Maguire of Tom Maguire and the Brassholes. Tom, how are you doing, man? Not bad at all. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So you're... Uh, you're up on a family holiday. Thanks very much for uh, connecting while you're out. Uh, we're, we're eating right into your drinking time here, Tom, you know? Yeah, that's, that's all right. That's all right. I mean, it, it's not actually stopping me. Um, I'm still getting <laughs> Happy days. Where about say you? Where about say you on your holidays? We're up, we're up in uh, Aberfeldy, uh, up sort of that neck of the woods. Absolutely glorious bit of the world, actually. I don't know if you've uh, visited up yeah. here. But it's, uh, oh, it's absolute pre- prime time uh, scenic Scotland. So I'm, I'm, I'm into it. It's good. You got the factor fifty. <laughs> no, I prefer to just burn. I just prefer to burn, and uh, and get my get my my vitamin D, uh, and uh, and as 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 concise a dose as possible. So I'm I'm up for it. <laughs> nice. So obviously, um, the last well up until fairly recently, the last uh, the last year and a half has been pretty rough for pretty much every one of us. It's in the creative sort of business. Um. How has it been for you? You managed to stay relatively healthy. You managed to stay creative. What's been going on? Yeah, yeah. I, it's, you know, I've, I've discovered a lot of things about myself in the last year and a half and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, trying try to be well in such a mad time. But, yeah, I've had, I've had a bit of a roller coaster, a bit of a, a, bit of a, a series of ups and downs myself, for sure. Um, I have been creative. I'm very creative during the, during the sort of first main brunt of the first lockdown. Uh, I was... Uh, very creative indeed, uh, but I was sort of, you know, putting a lot of pressure on myself to do so. So it wasn't like a, oh, this is cool. I'm having a nice, easy, free time and, and just making lots of songs. I'm like, okay, got right song, got right songs. And like being uh, super, super, super sort of, uh, you know, hard on myself to 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 make sure I did do that. And I did do that. And I came up with a lot of songs at the end of it. But 
you know, uh, looking back, it's maybe not the, it's not a very good way to sort of treat yourself. It's not a very good way to treat yourself as a sort of artist. It's not, it's not the sort of thing that's conducive to, to, to a, a, a nice, healthy, artistic kind of, um, uh, way of working. But uh, alas, that's that, that's what I, I did. I, I did it, and it's uh, you know this. I'm now uh, able to look back on the body of work that I've produced and. Uh, the, the process of making it is, is sometimes a bit hard and it's a bit of a, a bit of a war, you know. Is that sort of the saying of like the the war of art? Is is that moment on on stage? You no, know, writing those songs is 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 great. Yeah. It's the actual performing, which is the, the the real good juice. That's the vital element there that that is uh, that was missing for the whole time, and mm. uh, it was only towards the end I realised how um, how harmful really that that vital element's absence has been you know yeah. and uh, maybe the this you know the artistic process might not have been uh, so so difficult and sort of arduous had it not been had had that vital element of the feedback loop not being completely absent you know uh, yeah. so that's it for sure that. i mean this is this is episode number 50 that we've done so over the last year we've um we've had a whole range of different artists and people that have come on and um been guests on the on the show and and you know it's interesting to, to to hear people's stories of how effectively an enforced hiatus from live gigging has been for people because some people have managed to be really really creative and immerse themselves in all sorts of creative projects, and other people have found it really really hard to actually engage in anything creative. Um, it sounds like you've um, managed to achieve the former, which is great. But you're yeah. uh, right. See, like in the uh, like you know, as as a musician myself as well, it's really it's interesting now getting back to to gigging because like that there's songs that you think um, yeah this is going to connect really well this is going to be banging and then you play it live and actually it doesn't have the desired impact and also the other way I'm not sure that about this one and then you play it in a live capacity and it's like like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. connecting much more than I'd anticipated like so that's obviously something that you've really experienced over the last couple months as well would you say that's fair? Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. That's that's the thing. You 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 definitely think hey, this is the one that everyone's going to go mad for, and then uh, it's it doesn't really pan out that way. You, you never really know until you never really know what you're onto until you you have a chance to to blast it out in front of people, and uh, and that's that's really a, a kind of a barometer for me in a lot of ways for a lot of things I do like uh, for a lot of sort of musical endeavor. The barometer is the live show, the the sort of the, the interface between actual people experiencing a, a you know a, an exciting event together. That's 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 the vital part, but it's also the, the the part that gives you a bit of a footing to know if you're doing the right thing or doing well or or not, you know. And with that missing, like you know, I I, I discovered a, a you know a, an inability to just trust in my own uh, self worth, right? Without yeah. that, you know, it's like, it's almost discovered, uh, and this is something I've said a few times now, because it's so, so poignant that it's like, without, if I don't have like a room full of people who've all paid to come and see me do my songs, and they're all like going, yeah, it's good to <laughs> without that, like, I, I sort of, sort of shift to a sort of more, uh, you know, self-depreciating way of thinking, you know, yeah. Yeah. that's that's the, the, the level of kind of, uh, uh, reaffirmation <laughs> that I've discovered yeah. that I need. And the then, validation, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, uh, I didn't really think I was that sort of dependent on va external validation from a 
my self-worth. Uh, and I'm kind of glad to have realised that that's the case because it means I can do something about it and I can start to, to, to try and adjust the values a little bit. But that's yeah. definitely some, something that, that, that struck me and, and hit me. Of course, I've written a song about that, right? I've written all, all the suffering, like all the <laughs> sufferings that I've been to uh, over the last year, all this, these internal things, yeah, they all end up coming out in a song of some sort. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. I mean, it's funny, before, just before you came on, uh, Ali and I were just talking about, obviously, Red and the Leeds has just been this weekend. Um, and one of my personal favourite albums from last year was the Biffy Clyro one, the Celebration of Endings. Absolutely brilliant album. But um, th- the first time that they've had the opportunity to play any of those songs in a live capacity since the album's come out, it's like more than a year after it. And to yeah. go and do it headlining one of the biggest festivals in the country, in the world... I don't know if you've seen that last night, but it was that's amazing. I know they did they did uh, like a sort of quite um, ambitious live stream thing in in the bar. Yeah, that, I saw that. That was quite cool. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I get yeah, I get what you're saying though. Like the first time they really had a chance to air these this material is at on the, the <laughs> biggest possible uh, arena. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's 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 one of these things. Like you write a write some songs, you put them together, and you you normally have a chance to sort of road test them a little bit. You have a yeah. chance to. Make Bit about and see see what's actually clicking and what's what's not really working that much before you get before you go and record you know and that that's that's one of the many kind of subtle luxuries that we've been uh, that we've been stripped of in the last year and a half and that that's it we just go been going at the studio to record music uh, that's that, that hasn't been road tested in that way and we just have some yeah. and it's and it's, uh, and it's value and so yeah. fortunately fortunately the ones we have been dropping people have been uh, responding to well and it's uh, that's. That's good to see. But yeah, yeah definitely. That that there's a certain insecurity there. Like normally, yeah. you've, you've had a bit of a litmus test of some sort for these things. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the new stuff you've been putting out is great. We're going to have a little chat about that a bit later, a bit later on. Um, we're going to go right back to the start. So, like, who would you say if we're talking influences here, right? Who would you say are some of the artists and musicians and creatives that have inspired you the most? Yeah, cool. Uh, I mean, like Stevie Wonder is the main guy, right? Stevie's yeah. the main guy. He's a sort of touchstone and a, and a good reference point, and uh, and that he, he was just writing absolute bangers, uh, pop, populous, amazing bangers, being very proficient and very uh, prolific uh, at, at, in a sort of golden era. But also not only were just populous bangers, also musically uh, rich and and deep and uh, exciting and explorative as well. So he's managing to cover all the bases, managing to make pop songs. Pop bangers, but also uh, that, that that are you know intellectually and musically exciting, and there's a lot of depth there, lot, lots to lots to unpack, and lots to, to you know, re- rewarding repeat lessons, which is why I've listened to Talking Book probably 500 times. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so that that's 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 a good one. But I mean, I guess I guess also you got stuff like like James Brown in, in terms of you know performance and and in terms of you know vibe um that's that's another touch to, but i think yeah the, the 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 clearest and most obvious answer is certainly stevie wonder you can definitely hear the soul influences in like in a lot of, in a lot of your tracks it's um yeah it's real feel real nice feel good music so yeah 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 thanks thanks that's that's certainly something i'm aiming for is that that kind of direct uh emotive uh accessing of something visceral there uh and and, and, a, and a singer that's that's the sort of the element of like soul music, but I think it's important. I'm trying to utilize and and uh, make happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Um, so tell us, and what was it? What was it that first sort of made you pick up instruments then in the first place? Where did that Where did that kind of come from? Did you teach yourself? Did you have teachers? Where did Where was the inspiration to pick up? Yeah, music? you know, um, my dad always played guitar and he used to sing, have a party piece, sing a couple of James Taylor songs at, at parties, and then my brother, uh, both my big brothers, uh, both played uh, guitar and sort of bands and like punk bands and stuff like that. So I guess that's a touchstone. There's always guitars kicking about, and and then yeah. uh, I sort of just, you know, I, I picked up from that, and uh, yeah, I just taught myself. I was I was I was playing like angular, annoying punk rock music for for years and years and years, and then metal. Then metal. I was uh, that was my main thing. It was a uh, quite brutal heavy metal, just <laughs> at the ex- most extreme end of the scale as I could get in it, and uh, but I was always a, a, a singer, but I, a, but I never really focused it in as the main thing and, and gradually became better at singing and started sort of finding my voice a little bit more and uh you know like funk and so was always there in, in the in the background from the from the start i was always like that was always one of the the, the avenues that I, I enjoyed listening to but it wasn't until uh you know five six years ago that i decided to sort of you know start to write in that vein and start to perform in that vein and uh, like take it seriously rather yeah. than just doing the uh, you know Stupid karaoke, yeah. In, t- in terms of in terms of uh, um, where I got start with singing as as I, my my first band, I did. We, we had a singer, but he we left the band, and then I I had to start singing then, and it was ho- horrible. I've still got CDs. I've still got CDs <laughs> of it, and it's not it's not good, man. It's not yeah. good. But it's just soldier on, soldier on. You get stronger, get more confident. And I joined a gospel choir actually. That's that's where I really started to learn how to sing properly. Was uh, I joined a gospel choir, like completely like uh, uh, what is it? Se- secular means not religious. So it was like secular. It wasn't uh, affiliated with any church or anything. It was just yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just for the for the music. And uh, that's where I started to get some actual chops and and realize I could express myself well with this with this other instrument that was in my body. And uh, yeah, that that became the sort of predominant thing. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, you can actually hear the kind of gospel influence in some of the tracks as well. That you like, it's, it's really cool. Um, so tell us about the formation then of Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, it sort of came together from various directions. Uh, from the, the the jam session scene in Glasgow. Right? This is where I first met a lot of these people, and I met a lot of the musicians that I know today. And this is actually a quite a good. Quite a good city and scene for that. Where are you boys from? Are you from Glasgow? Dundee. 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 Okay, yeah. well, I don't know if there's a jam session scene in Glasgow, uh, in Dundee, but there, there is and has been quite a good one in Glasgow for a number of years. And it's really um, it's really a great place to meet a lot of these uh, other like-minded musicians and, yeah, and yeah. learn to play in a group and, and so on and sort of hone that craft a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. we met some met some guys at these jam sessions and then uh, got together busking through... Uh, through through the summer of 2014, it was the Commonwealth Games, mm-hmm. and uh, the town was absolutely jumping, so we'd say to start busting a little bit. And it was actually a chance meeting on the street with a couple of guys, a couple of brass players, who we were walking down with their instruments, and then said, could, can we join you, can we play? And yeah. said, yes, you can, and then ended up uh, uh, like gelling really well, and playing all, all, all day, and making some, some good money, and then deciding, let's just do this every, let's just do this all summer. And uh, from that, we started getting some more, some some actual gigs, and then you know start to do weddings, and then eventually like, like this is a this is a killer band. Let's make our own music. So I've got a few songs. Let's do this. So that's that was the sort of that's the sort of history in a nutshell. 
That's cool. And the, the the lineup that you've got now is it still the same original boys, or have you added some extra ones on? Or what? yeah, no, there's been a couple of couple of shifts, a couple of uh, um, uh, replacements and so on, uh, just for various reasons. But um, the on on those original gigs, the, the brass section are mostly the same. Uh, but uh, yeah, everything else has actually changed. But it's all it's all been people in a sort of it's a kind of a. Uh, what's what's the word? It's kind of a family scene, you know, like this, this scene in Glasgow. Everyone knows each other, and everyone has played for each other. Everyone has played as their, each other's depths and so on. So, um, you know, when somebody had to to bow out, it was easy to get somebody else in, and and, and there was already someone sitting there, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so yes, yeah, there's been a, a few shifts, but uh, there's there's a core that's been the same since the, the, the day one. Nice. And the name, like, was it was it a, a, an instant sort of hit, or was it a few real dodgy names kicking about the mix? Well, no, it was it was it was basically a couple of days into busking, and to be honest, it's a it's it's been a subject for debate a number of times uh, more recently. But it was something which, like, people keep asking what we're called. We should probably call ourselves something so we can maybe get some gigs. And it was just that was the first thing that somebody came up with. I think maybe I, I spat it out as a joke, and then. The boys were like, "Yep, like, yep, that'll do, <laughs> that'll do." And then, uh, then that's it. It's one of these ones that's just stuck. And um, uh, yeah, it's 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 good. We 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 occasionally encounter some some small problems with it, but I I can't for the life of me figure out why. But um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know why it is, uh, but it's. It's it's fine. We're sticking with it for the for the meantime. Uh, it's a cracking it's a cracking band name. Um, if I'm not mistaken, debut single Rick Flair, uh, t- 2018, three years ago now. Um, am I right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's coming up. It's mid, like mid September, so I guess it's coming up yep. in three years. Three years, yeah, yeah. Um, why why did you choose that as, as the as the as the lead single for the band basically to kind of launch the project? Well, that's actually interesting. It kind of relates back to a little bit what we were talking about before with the, uh, with the sort of uh, you know road testing things and, and the litmus test of people's reactions. You know, yeah. that was that was kind of a, 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 a not a throwaway song. I knew it was a good song, but it's a it's a daft song. It's a daft song I've written ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, all the rest of the songs are deep, deeper and meaningful, more meaningful songs. But that was still an important song as being like a, an instance of good good fun, good humor, good good times. But we before we released anything before we'd uh, uh, recorded anything we just had written a bunch of back like a batch of songs we were doing a gig in McSorley's um, it was a, the first sort of gig we'd done uh, doing the original stuff and we were doing a gig in McSorley's the place was packed out because you know we'd created a bit a little bit of a buzz yeah and then um, we, we were just knocking out these songs and that was one of the ones we played that and everyone was just like huh? so and then a few people could say oh that one that that one uh, the Ric Flair one the wrestling one and I was like, okay then, all right, cool. And that that warped my whole perspective on what like what the the sort of release strategy was, what we're going to do first. And uh, yeah, I guess it's pretty pretty good that we did that. Pretty good that we 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 had that um, experience because that that was the sort of launching pad. That was the sort of springboard that um, you know allowed us to to you know gain a lot of momentum right at the start and yeah. uh, and and do what we've done so far. Like I wouldn't, I don't, I don't think it would have been the same if we hadn't. Anywhere near the same if we hadn't, um, you know, dropped that, that one first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the video behind it? Because it's quite a an interesting video as well. Yeah, yeah, was that, yeah, yeah. Was that your idea or something else? That was my idea. Yeah. Yes, that was my idea. Um, uh, that's another one that I thought 
there was no other ideas on the table and I was just like just writing things down. I was like, okay, this maybe this is what we'll do. We'll, we'll do this uh, and really, you know, working out much better than I ever, ever expected. And yeah, that's another thing. Like without the video, uh, without the sort of the appeal of that video, I don't think it would have taken off anywhere near as much as it did either. So uh, yeah, that that's a, a bunch of bunch of sort of you know dominoes falling into place. If that's the term, uh, and just just working out correct and 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 actually the guy who made the video, I remember I was just like I was thinking I don't know any videographers. Who, who am I going to get to do a video? I, I I have no idea. I had no context to point a con. Contact, uh, and I was just going real blind. And I was at the skate park, and I bumped into a friend, and he he, he was with another guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm a videographer. I'm looking for bands to do a video." Like he didn't know that I was in a band looking for a videographer. <laughs> I'm looking for yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking for a band so I can do a a video for a you know basically for free from a from a portfolio. And I was like, "Funny you should say that, mate. <laughs> I'm looking for a videographer to do a video for us." For free, <laughs> so, uh, so the guy smashed it at the park, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was a good addition to his portfolio. <laughs> yeah, I, like I've not seen the video. I must check it out. Um, oh, yeah, it's good. The um, are, are you a wrestling fan? And uh, why? Rick? <laughs> not not particularly, man. Not particularly. Uh, I, you know, I, when I was a kid, I had some of the WWF figures, and I, I, I you know, I was, was kind of into it, but I did. It was they were all hand-me-downs from my cousin. I didn't have cable TV, so I couldn't watch it and that. I was just vaguely aware yeah. of it. But um, the reason we did the song was this is a this is this is a was a song that I made up on the spot at a jam session, right? Oh. That's that's something I used to do quite often. It's like I just make up make up songs on the spot. Yeah. Uh, and I I just be like, right, what was what what's the key? What am I singing about? And then get somebody to tell what I'm singing. And somebody said, Rick Flair, because Rick Flair was on the telly. And I said, right, on you go. And, <laughs> The, co- That's the, mad. the chorus, the chorus of the Ric Flair song is, is more more or less intact from the the one that I just threw on the cuff. You know what I mean? Wow. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a testament to you know like overthinking songs, which I can have a habit of doing. Like you know, I just really spend a lot of time poring over and agonising over like the finer details of a, a, a blood ache or a song or a chord, and then but then like probably the my most successful song that maybe I'll ever have. I just shattered out. On the <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's probably saying something, you know. Amazing. Um, it's really funny because I've listened to a lot of these songs, and so, some artists you kind of go, yeah, yeah, the songs about whatever. So ask away, ask away. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so who who's MC Sick Boy then? So the ballad oh, Sick yeah. Boy track two. Tell us about it. Right. Uh, so this the, the story of the song Ballad of the MC Sick Boy is a true story. This is a these are actual events that actually happened, <laughs> and uh, and the story was so wild that I had to make it into like a, and it was it was another jam session situation. We were hosting the jam session um, before we even had had it set up. This kind of quite gnarly looking dude came in. I mean, all all of this is is told verbatim in the song and video, yeah. but uh, never, nevertheless, this guy comes in. He's looking a bit rough around the edges, and he's like, oh, "What's going on, lads? What's going on?" It's a, it's a it's a jam session. Oh, can I rap? Can I rap? So yeah, man, yeah, sure. We just we just uh, have to set up first. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm called MC Sick Boy, and I've just uh, I've just today got out of jail. I've just I've just been in three years in prison. Just got out today, and we're like, well, sick. Thanks for coming to the jam session. We'll get set up and we'll get you up. And he was buzzing. that's mad because that, I was that 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 first line straight out of jail after three years inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
Listen, I got I had to get all the details in the fucking song quick, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so he he eventually he comes uh, he comes up and does a rap and the rap's like off color and grim and brutal and like about and but it's it's good, it's objectively like the flow's good, the rap is good, but it's just a h- hardcore material. Uh, and anyway he, he <laughs> does his bit, he goes off and then more people start to arrive and the jam starts jumping a little bit more and he comes up, does another thing, but then out the corner of my eye, I keep looking up and I see this guy, he's, and he's just getting and like a bit more lady. And uh, you know, you know that way some guy was just like, he's probably had a rough time. He's just ang- he's just angry at the world and doesn't know how to express that. So he's just getting and uh, like stealing people's drinks and stuff like that. And eventually he gets, uh, I see him the bouncer huckling him out and kicking him out. And I think, okay, maybe that's for the best. He's out of the picture. Maybe he'll go home, rest up. At the end of the night, I go in to speak to the bouncer, and the bouncer says. Oh, that guy, yeah, chucked him out. And, you know, uh, as soon as I chucked him out, he said, oh, I'm going to come back here with a shotgun or something like that. He, he threatened him like that. And that very moment, two police uh, policemen were walking past, lifted him, put him in the van, take him away. You know, his first night at three, you know, that, I, I don't know about parole and stuff like that, but I'm pretty sure if you get if you get uh, lifted right after you got out of jail, you're not, like, that's not a good thing, you know. Maybe you're back, oh. you're back in again, you know. So that that was such a tragic, darkly comic, but also just quite dark story that I had to sort of try and immortalise this in, in song. So yeah, it's a it's a it's, it's a good tune. It's a good good video of it. Like we 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 painstakingly uh, recreated all the elements of this true story, including using the actual bouncer, and it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a good video. So uh, it's and it's I, in my opinion cr- criminally underviewed. So I do encourage. <laughs> I'd like to watch that one as well then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. So then the album followed not that that far after the self-titled album, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes, and um, the lead single, Get Out. Uh, Get Out's a great song. I think it's, at the minute, possibly my favourite of you guys, although the new new one's a killer. We'll we'll get to that. Cool, Uh, cool. Get Out... yeah, so, okay, I'll have to get into the mindset of what that was all about, because it's been a while since I thought about it, but um, <laughs> get out, I guess I wrote that one about, I was studying, I was studying, uh, I was studying a, like a health, science, health sciences degree, and I was like, super vocational degree, and I was going to have a, a job at the end of it, and I was about to enter my last year of it, but I, was, I wasn't flourishing, uh, uh, and, you know, it, being like a student in that kind of hierarchy in a hospital, you, you just get... Like the lowest guy in the totem pole, nobody gives you respect, and uh, and it's kind of hard. And the whole time, like, I'm my music career was growing and getting better, and I was becoming better and better at that. And I was the boss, I was in charge of like a a, a, you know, a a band of musicians, and uh, I was and and flourishing at that. And then going into you know, going into this uni or going into you know, placement and kind of just being um, it was that that sort of what am I doing here? Why why am I why am I doing this when I could be going and, and excelling at the thing I'm I'm good at? So it's that kind of I did I did end up uh, packing it in quitting and uh pursuing the music career but it was also a terrifying moment because that's a secure, sensible path. Yeah. And you know, but trying to be a musician is a, a inherently unsecure and insecure kind of path. Uh not sensible at all. But I had to do it. So it's that kind of the it's the kind of liberating uh triumph and terror of uh, doing a leap of faith, and uh, and that's it. And also a bit of it's kind of a, um, but mainly it's, it's sort of that um, liberation from being in a path that you're not supposed to be on, and being somewhere you're not supposed to be, and uh, taking a, a, a terrifying leap of faith and 
rejoicing in it. Yeah, it's, it. A, it's a great song. So tell us about the, so the, the self-titled album okay, came out um, a couple of years ago now. Um, I'm assuming, I might be wrong though, that you didn't record it in, in the one sitting because obviously you'd had Ric Flair and... And some singles and stuff before it. No, 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 no. It was all, it was, it was all in the in, in the same couple of sessions. Just did it. Right? So, a, where, where did you record it? Who produced it? Tell us about that. Yeah, sounds so. We recorded it at a place called uh, Solas Sound Studio in Glasgow, uh, run by a, a great guy called Gus Stirrett. Uh, fantastic, un, unreal bass player in his own right. He plays in a fat suit and a bunch oh, of other projects. And uh, uh, but he's got this really amazing facility and it's just just the, the most wonderful guy to, to to work with in that kind of setting just really facilitates everything really well um we've we've tracked a lot of the 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 new stuff with him as well just because we go back because it's so comfortable and nicer it's like yeah. it's like home um and he's he's uh he's engineered the the, the whole debut album he's engineered that as well he's mixed that um too so that's that's all him um we did do it in one sitting uh Kind of over, over a how of, long? Because there's a, there's a lot of instrumentation on there, eh? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think and, and we crowdfunded the the album in the first place, right? We got a successful crowdfund campaign, and we got some money together. And uh, we thought, okay, this is enough for for a for a week, uh, a full week, and then we'll 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 have money to pay for records and stuff like that. But then at the end of the week, it was like uh, the third third day, and we're like, we're kind of feel like we're rushing everything. And I was just like, you know what? this problem let's take our time let's get all this extra stuff in let's get the back and vocals in let's get the extra percussion in let's get the guest spots in let's just do it properly and and put myself in the hole a little bit because this is this is my like i just like i say i just quit off this uh this uni course this vocational yeah. course i was like i'm putting all my eggs in this basket and uh it, yeah it was really really um fulfilling experience to do it that way yeah it's a, it's a great album it's uh, it's a great album and uh for sure um, yeah, I'm very, very proud of it, for sure. It's, it's a great album. It still stands up, and I think it will continue to stand up. Um, I hope so, yeah. yeah it's a great... What, what is, as, as artistically, right, what is your favourite track on the album, and why? Ah, uh, um, let's see. You know, you know, I think... You can obviously point to Ric Flair as being a big starting point for you, but, like, in terms of the, the, the whole album as a body of work, have you got a favourite? You know... To be honest, the whole the whole thing uh, as a cohesive whole, I'm proud of the way it all links together. I, I'm proud of that. But uh, I think I think musically, I get get out. It's always still kind of a favourite of mine. Uh, musically, it's uh, that was one of the last ones we we wrote for that, and it was starting. You know, the writing was starting to get a little bit more uh, mature, and uh, instrumentation and song craft was getting a little bit more mature. But there's still so many bangers on there that are less complicated, but I'm very proud of it. Do You Still is, feels like an epic. It's still the song we finish all our shows with. And it's uh, it's it's it just feels like a powerful and epic piece of material. Uh, play, playing Crash is also obviously the, the emotive uh, high high point of the record. So I guess those three, Playing Crash, Do You Still, and, and playing Cra uh, uh, Get Out are the ones that are kind of... Um, linger with me the most nice so in the last like so 2021 you obviously it's, it's been a rough time um but we spoke about it at the, at the top of the episode about how actually you've managed to retain some pretty solid levels of creativity um and that's evidence in the fact that we've got well four singles so far this year already um super solid soul vehicle and oh savannah um, earlier on in the year um do you want to tell us a bit about those first of all yeah, yeah, uh, Super Solid Soul Vehicle is a, 
was the one we decided to to punt as the first one. And let me tell you, I would, I would, there was a lot a lot of trepidation and anxiety and sort of insecurity about um, you know what to release first, and it felt like there was really a lot at stake because I guess we've been uh, we hadn't. It, I had a big gap of not writing songs uh, because just of being busy and being overwhelmed and stuff like that. So this was like that's what the the start of the lockdown was just me getting back into that zone and just like really hammering myself and uh, you know you know like a, like a ninja in the mountains just shedding. Uh, so it was a lot of uh, you know stress and sort of worry about what was to, the first one to put out. But that was the first one to put out. Super Solid was the one. Uh, it sort of and it's the story behind that one is. Uh, I'd written it. I was in this sort of period of, uh, you know, worrying about whether I was a good songwriter or not, whether I was still enjoying music because all this extra stuff was all yeah. surrounding me and, and uh, all this extra pressure, all this extra tension. And uh, it was Bill Withers. Bill Withers um, passed away around about that time. And then some yeah. some, some of the retrospectives uh, that there was they were going around the media. Um, you know, there's a couple of interviews and and some of the things he said was just so wise so so wise and, and a couple of them really hit home for me super hard uh, at that very moment and it was just like i'm focusing on the wrong elements and what one of the things he said was listen if you if you it doesn't matter about record sales doesn't matter about you know a claim or what everybody else thinks of you if you can lock yourself in a, in a in a in your room and you can just play your guitar and have a good time don't let it don't cheat yourself out of that don't let anyone take that away from you, which is precisely what I'd been doing for maybe a, maybe a year before, and like really yeah. tainting, poisoning my whole uh, uh, my whole perspective and attitude to music. So that was the take home message, and the song is uh, basically expounding that virtue, and it's also a, a real ode to 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 Bill Withers and his wisdom. He his songs uh, were simple, self evident, and unstoppable. So. But then his his actual his actual technical ability and song uh, you know uh, his knowledge was next to nothing you know he's a humble guy but running with that philosophy and, and doing that song. Uh, so that was uh, that was super solid soul vehicle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then oh Savannah, which is oh the chorus in that is brilliant, love it. Tell nice, us cool. That. Written in the same sort of time, it's talking about a lot of the same sort of things, and actually that's what a lot a lot of these these songs end up being about is the kind of turmoil that I put myself through <laughs> and try to be a an artist uh, in one way or another. So that that was a, that is a, another sort of story song. It's about this this girl that I met called Savannah. I met her in the New Orleans when I was on the trip there, right after we released our debut album. And I was flying high. I was like crushing it. I thought, this is brilliant. I'm on a high. I'm going to continue to be on a high indefinitely. And this is it. No more bad times for Tom. No way. I thought, that, that's me. <laughs> And uh, I met her, and uh, we were hanging out, and uh, it, was, it was just a fun chance encounter. And uh, uh, you know, we, we 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 had we were both carrying notebooks, and we traded notebooks and wrote down like life tasks we got to do. So at some point, I've got to go and get a kebab from a particular falafel sh- shop in Berlin at some point, right? So these are just a bunch of ta- tasks like this. So it's still interesting to be uh, uh, we meeting that you know kind of stuck with me. And then it was so that I was crushing it. Everything's great. One year later, one year later, that February there, I was just down. Everything's rotten. Yeah. The, world, the world was shutting down. But even before that, I was like suffering under this sort of weight of pressure that I was putting on myself. Um, you know, this weight of expectation and also self sense of self worth and all that. Uh, and it was a sort of conversation between me 
and the, the me wonder how how did I, I've lost something somewhere along the way I've lost my way. It's me com uh, talking to Savannah who saw me only at this high point, you know. Uh, then you know how did I manage to get to this low point? So it's me asking her what's went wrong. Also asking myself what's 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 went wrong and what am I missing? What have I forgotten about? And it's like just singing and dancing and have a good time is the is the essence of it, which I've forgotten about, and that's what I'm sort of reclaiming. So that's what I'm taking. I'm taking it back. That's what it is. I'm trying to take my joy back. I'm trying to take my life back. Try to take, um, you know, feeling alive back. You know what I mean? Yeah, putting in all the song quotes. They love that. It's cool. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nice that you, yeah, managed to really capture that. But then more recently, um, song for Kami. That's uh, something that's um, very different, I guess, from the feel good sort of stuff that that yeah. we've been used to putting out. Tell us, tell us the story about that. It sounds like a, a real tragic tale. Yeah, it's, it's rough. You know, like I. I was sort of in two minds about what to actually do with this song, but it was it was a good friend of mine, uh, Cameron, um, was was killed in a hill walking accident, uh, I guess last last July, uh, and you know I, I don't know I know how to do to process something like that, some sort of tragedy. It's the first time I had somebody kind of you know close to me uh, unexpectedly you know pass away like that. So my way of processing it was. And to sort of uh, to pay respects to him, and also as some sort of the song is truly for his his family and his close friends. So I wrote it for for them, uh, mm. uh, and it's my only way to sort of process that and try and you know pay respect to him was was by doing that. So I wrote it. I couldn't I couldn't not write this song. So I I, I did. He cried the whole time. Every time I tried to write, sit down and write the song, I was just, I was just greeting. But it was important. To, to, to finish it off and write it and then you know we had an extra day in the studio and uh, I, I was like boys let, let's do this song let's let's do this and I just taught the boys I taught the boys what the song was and on the day we laid it down and then uh, you know I wasn't sure if I was going to release it I wasn't sure if it was going to be under this band name but I, I figured that it was the best platform best best opportunity for it to, to be heard and for you know his some some way for his sort of memory and you know, spirit to live on, you know what I mean? So, so yeah. that, that was it. So I, I released it, you know, I, I didn't, I made point to, to not, I wasn't promoting it in any way. I just, I just dropped it. I just, yeah. on, 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 you know, at the anniversary of his passing, I just, uh, I put it out and said, here, here, here it is. This is for the world. Uh, but it's really actually for his, his mates and his family. And there's a charitable connection to it as well, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, you know, any uh, purchases of, of in Bandcamp, um, proceeds will go to uh, um, UNICEF, which was uh, a charity that he actually he was a patron of um, in his life. So that that that's uh, that's a wee sort of side thing for sure. But really, the the main point was to just have it out there and for have have some sort of try and have some kind of permanence on the uh, on you know this guy's character because he was absolutely un, un undeniably brilliant dude, and it's uh, it was a tragedy to lose him. So I've tried to try to in some sort of subtle humble way have them you know live on in that yeah yeah for sure um but the most recent release uh better um has a very different feeling back to that real sort <laughs> yeah. of feel good vibe it's the yeah. kind of song that hit like when i listened to it first and actually every time i've listened to it since as soon as you put it on it's an absolute slap in the face and just like you know if you're having a it's yeah. a great, it's a great song to listen to on a Monday morning. By the way, if you wake nice. up feeling rough, oh, here we go, oh, 
Boom. Get it's that all going to be all right. It's, everything's going to be all right, man. Everything's going to be all right. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell us about better then. No, this one's a, this one uh, ostensibly is a simple pop song, but it's actually quite a lot of quite a lot of depth. And it's uh, again, it's come from the same sort of writing phase that I talked about for the past two. This is a you know a, a, a period of darkness after a period of being like on high and crushing it. And uh, originally, when I wrote that song, like it was, I had this idea to write a song where I was talking to a past version of myself, because then like my old notebooks where I scribbled down lyrics and stuff like that. There was there was a point where uh, I don't know I don't know how many years ago, but I was really in a dejected uh, mode and I was just suffering the futility of modern existence. I was like, why am I even bothering? Uh, and you know, dark place, dark place, and there was uh, there was sort of I'd written in this book, this notebook, a note to my future self, like what's going on. Like I, I'm, I'm it's just a way to sort of deal with what I was going through at the time. And then I did I, when I was in this high point. I was in, I guess, when we were doing the first record and stuff like that. Um, I, I saw this. I, I, I uncovered this sort of note to myself from the past, and I'd left the, the opposite page blank to reply to myself. So I was like, I did. So it was like, it was a quite profound. Uh, dialogue with this past self, this past downtrodden self, this sad, uh, broken, kind of wiped out, emptied, you know, shell of a man. And I was able to, like, say, you've got married, you're cr- absolutely crushing at music, and, uh, you know, everyone's really looking, you know, per- perking the ears up at what you're doing, and you're doing something important, and everything's fine. So that was that discussion. But then, and that's what the song was originally about. But, like I said, man, I had this other subsequent super hard dip you know as a result of these various pressures i was I was in that dip and that's where all that this dip is where all these songs come from by the way and it was like the song the message of the song can't just be the message was going to be hey you sad version yourself everything's going to be okay yeah yeah i was going to be yeah. that was it that was going to be the full message everything's going to be all right but i had to change that i had to change that message because it became about acknowledging these dips happen and you go up and down because I, I, I went back down all the way back to the bottom again but because I was all the way at the bottom and because I'd been there before and then got to this height again I'd, I'd recovered from that because I knew that I could I could recover again I knew that was going to be the case so that it became everything's going to be all right more or less at least some of the time <laughs> it's like yeah. a hopeful that super super tempered hope super realistic and um uh tempered home hope yeah, I love uh, that. And it's uh, yeah, it's more realistic. I think I think to be honest, the sentiment of that is more useful than just like it's going to be fine. It's like it's that's not useful. That's not useful. It's more useful to the sentiment of everything is going to be fine sometimes, but it's almost certainly because that's how modern existence is. See, before before you recorded that, because I watched that video as well. Before you recorded that, <laughs> did did you know you're such a good dancer? I I mean I'm, I'm, you know I'm, that. I'm a dancer. I'm a, I'm a dancer. Yeah. Keep forgetting that it's an important and uh, life-giving thing, uh, and it makes you makes you feel alive. It's sort of this uh, this abandon abandonment of sort of intellectual sensibility. Like, why why would if you think about it, like why would you dance? Like, there's no there's no rational reason why you would dance and why it would feel good. But then you do it, and it does feel good, and you feel alive. You know, that's that's a, that's a key. So it's a key to sort of remembering that sort of thing is 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 paramount. Not just overthinking. Stop intellectualizing things that you can give simple joy to you and make you feel alive. And this is the kind of MO that I'm operating on, which I'm trying to spread to people. But also, all these songs were just post-it notes to myself to remember how to live well 
you know what I mean? Reminders to my yeah. future self. I'm going to have to sing them night after night. Uh, we're going to talk gigs in a minute, but before we talk gigs, let's talk about, obviously, we've, we've had, you've had these, this spate of singles, if you like. Um, are they going to form, I, I guess, part of a bigger body of work? Are we going to see a second album? And what's the, what's the plans? What we yeah, 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 cool. So uh, we're going back in the studio. We're kind of, uh, we've almost uh, exhausted uh, the songs that we recorded. We managed to record in December. Like between lockdowns, we just managed to get a week in December so we could have raw material to release. Yeah. And that's what that's what we've been releasing so far. Um, uh, we're going back in the studio, I believe, in November to to basically record the rest of what will be an album, uh, a, a second album. And whenever that's ready, we'll we'll drop it. Um, I guess once 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 the raw material, once the actual raw products there, then we can figure out when and how we're going to release it. But I would say there will be a full new record, uh, and and next next year, maybe next spring, next next summer. Nice. Um, yeah. We'll definitely look forward to that. Um, let's talk gigging, because I feel like I've had no luck with you so far in terms of gigging, and here's why. Um, I first discovered you guys, actually, at Linda's Fan Festival two years ago, 2019. <laughs> I've got a story about that first thing. <laughs> so, Linda's fan is obviously this weekend. We're going to be we're going to be there this weekend with the boys. Can't wait. I've got my camping gear just laid out there, so that we're nice, all. Nice. Um, but I, <clears throat> I was um, standing in the, at the urinal, which was backed against the Viking Brew House, where you were, where you guys were playing, right? And where mm-hmm. I think is the stage where we're playing this weekend as well. Nice. <clears throat> and I'm standing there going, "That sounds phenomenal." Need to see that. You went, "Have a great evening, guys. Thank you." Ah. <laughs> right. So that's the first time. The second time I seen we we shared it. We were on the same bill as you guys at um, at Jocktoberfest. That uh, just like a week or two later, or maybe even before. It was already, it was the same month, um, and um, I was so looking forward to seeing you guys because obviously I'd seen you guys name on the bill at Linda's fans and all, all that sort of thing. And I was saying to the boys, guys, we need to see Tom McGuire in the Brussels. We nice need to point to go and see these guys. And then my brother's ex-girlfriend got them. Um, she passed out in a portaloo. So for the for the the entirety of your set, we were spent we spent our time raking around, chatting to security people, trying to find out where she was. So didn't really manage to engage in you guys set fully. And then third time, obviously, we should have been bigging up the fact that we're all going to be at Rockaby Music Festival next weekend. <laughs> yeah. But that's in the, that's in the bin too. Yeah. So, I've not actually had too much luck in getting to see you guys. Um, tell us your Linda's fan story first of all, and then we'll. Thank right, okay, you. Real, real quick, real quick. So uh, the background of this is uh, I, I, I don't like to partake of uh, the the old weeds, right? It's not my background. It doesn't doesn't suit me. Um, so that's the that's the prior knowledge for this story to work. <laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't work out for me. But anyway, um, you know, about an hour before we're going going on stage, um. Uh, Asked one of the boys uh, for a cigarette. One of the boys rolled me a cigarette, and then um, I'm smoking a cigarette. And I think I think I think I could taste something else in here. Are you sure? And I, you know, show it to me. Like, no, no, no. It's definitely not. It's like, well, okay then, cool. And smoke a wee bit more. And I was like, I'm 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 certainly these two, these two guys are just like, you know, ultra stoners, you know, uh, and just haven't registered at all. Uh, I think they can't smell it. They're they're just they're, they're, that 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 small amount of uh, weed doesn't register with them. But absolutely was registered with me. So I've smoked a cigarette. I'm I'm don't know. I don't know about this. And some one of the other boys comes over and I was like, "Do you think there's there's weed in this?" And he said, 
<laughs> yes, there is. I, mean, like, I, I, just, I just don't operate well uh, under the influence of that. <laughs> and uh, so it's like, we're going to go on stage. And I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm high and I can't deal with it. So, uh, so I was like, really, why? Well, you know, the, the, the tent as well. It's a big tent, full as well. Like, we got on stage. Somebody gave me like a bunch of oranges and I was trying to smash the oranges. Maybe that would even it all out. But basically, I was just like, first song, I was just like, first verse, I was gone. I forgot how to play the guitar probably. But I was like, I was kind of pulling it off, you know, kind of pulling it off, styling it out. So I was, I was kind of hold, trying to hold it together. So I said, uh, all right, so hey, let this part. Does anybody here like smoking weed? Saying everyone goes, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, I don't, but I have done, I've done so. And I'm freaking out. <laughs> and then whatever it's like, can somebody phone Tom's mum? It's like, yeah, can somebody phone mum? <laughs> have you seen that? Have you seen that scene in the in-betweeners where he, where uh, where Will takes something and he's up the stage and his arms are doing all that? Yeah, yeah. That? Oh, yeah, that's it's exactly, that's exactly that. Yeah. Really? You guys must have played some mad, mad gigs today. Tell us about some of your favourite ones so far. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, our our first our first headline at art school, uh, which is like. A couple of weeks after uh, Rick Flair got released, and it was it was supposed to be like the end of our first tour, uh, our first tour which we really struggled to like book. But in between that time, we we released Rick Flair, and all all of a sudden everybody knew who we were. And we ended up picking up three or four more much much better dates in our tour, and our, you know the end of tour party, which was supposed to be nice and sleazy, it sold out in five minutes. So we we upgraded to the art school, and this is all in the space of like two weeks. I'm like I'm thinking. I don't know if this is going to catch on. Everybody's going to care about this, but all of a sudden the, the response was just way beyond anything that I could ever dreamed of. And we had the, we had the, the you know, the, the the art school sold out, which is beyond, far beyond my expectations, but oh, unreal! And I couldn't really believe it. This is great. This is it. We're going somewhere, uh, and it, all all the kind of efforts sort of paying off. And yeah, yeah. And it was, and people, you know, people first time singing, singing the words back to us, you know, and. Nice. Just, just a, that, that's that's a career a career highlight for me. I think that one. Um, yeah. You guys must have played some pretty cool festival shows as well. I mean, I saw some of the footage from the from the gig at the Euros uh, in the summer there, and that looked cracking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some 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 really good festival appearances. Uh, everyone seems a little bit different, and and uh, and end up going pretty wild at some of them. I see the festival show seems to be a different kind of environment, and you can just get away with whatever. So. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to a full festival season. This one's been a kind of half, half so I'm looking forward to the full one uh, next year and uh, and for us to absolutely crush it to death because that's where we're like excelling in the festivals. We're just excelling and growing and and, and yeah. it's just second to none. So I can't I can't wait to 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 get back to the festivals. For sure, man. For sure. So um, if people want to get out and see you, where can they catch you in the not too distant future? Uh, now I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you about this one, so okay, t- I'll tell you about the ones I can tell you about, and then afterwards I'll tell you the ones that I'm not sure I can tell you about. On the 26th of September, we're playing in the Playground Festival in Rookenglen Park in, in Glasgow. Uh, we're we're on the bill, same bill as uh, Neil Rogers and Chic. That's the Sunday, yeah. Yeah, that's right. As as it's difficult because that sums up my luck. Seeing you guys, I'll be there Friday and Saturday. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, right. So there's Macy Gray is there. There, uh, uh, now Rogers and Sheep. And, uh, great lineup that whole weekend is amazing. That lineup is. Yeah, I think Martha Reeves and the Vandellas in the same day. So that's unreal. So that's the 26th. Um, 
after that we got our own Drygate headline on the 6th of November, but that's that's sold out, it's been sold out for ages, but we're looking forward to doing that. So uh, yeah, if you're listening to this and you've got a ticket for that, remember it's on, because this, uh, this is basically... <laughs> Tickets for this gig people have bought uh, well over uh, you know, a year and a half ago. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they the tickets have down the side of the sofa or something. That's right. These are, these are two year old tickets. So uh, remember, remember, it's on. Uh, and getting on to the ones I'm not sure I can tell you about, but I'm going <laughs> to. Um, on the 21st of September. Now this is getting finalised. <laughs> uh, we're sporting Chic in the Corn Exchange on the 21st of September. So that's going to be an absolute thrill. That's going to be wild. Uh, and also, I think probably this is very unlikely that I'm able to talk about this one, but uh, we are in March, March the 12th, 2022, so that's next next March, uh, will be a, a, a new headline show, which I think will be announced. Uh, headline in the fruit market. So we're aiming to sell at the fruit market on the 12th of March. So if it's available, and I've, I've been allowed to t- tell you this, get a ticket for that. Fruit Market, 12th of March, Brassel's uh, headline show. However, uh, th- th- all this might be cut out of that. Sorry, lads. Okay, yeah. and we're back in the room. Back in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, sounds like sounds like you've got some great plans up and coming. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we wish you all the best with them. Tom, uh, thanks very much for joining us, especially for taking some time out of your holiday to, to chat with us. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, get to see you in person very soon. Yes, great. Thanks a lot, chaps. Uh, It's been a pleasure speaking to you.